This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. Genesis chapter 12, um, we're talking about the life of Abraham, and yesterday we covered the, the assumptions that Abraham made um, regarding and, and projecting what would happen based on his experience, obvious experience. And... Um, so we're going to continue reading and see what happened here, but uh, let's start and after we, <laughs> let's start after we pray. Lord, thank you so much for um, meeting us every time we come to you and hearing us when we pray. Thank you that you are aware of our struggles. Thank you that you are aware of our fears and you even know um, ahead of time what we're going to do with our fears and how we make things up and how we try to avoid catastrophes that we've made up a lot and um, you are still faithful um, but there is a time when we should let go of our perceptions of things. There's a time to let go of our own thoughts and lean not on our own understanding. Um, so I ask that you would teach us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just referred to Proverbs 3, 5, 5 and 6. Um, this is for everyone. From the greatest to the least, these verses. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. What happens when you trust God with all your heart? You don't give your heart avenues of which to not trust. Um, what I mean by that is, duh. God wants not only the parts that you're trusting him with, he wants all of the parts of your life and your heart that you're not trusting him with. That's why it says all of your heart. And we all have areas in our life that we have to keep surrendering. I would be the first to raise my hand. We have, we have to keep surrendering our outlook on a certain thing in our life, a certain just part of our being, our um, circumstances, our... Um, uh, pers maybe perception of ourselves that we just have to keep surrendering because if we start dwelling on it and we know this about ourselves if we start dwelling on it if we start thinking about it we get depressed and we want to quit um, there I mean I can think and I'll put it this way I can think of a counter lie to every promise God has given me. We talked. I talked about this. I think last week. For every promise that God has given me, 
if we refer to um, Jesus' temptation in um, uh, Jesus' temptation, I don't know where it was, but um, it'll come to me. Uh, Satan gathers him up after 40 days of fasting, so he's weak to begin with, and then tempts him in various ways. And God and Jesus responds with God's word. In essence, and I know this for a fact in my life, that all the promises that God has given me, Satan has come up with a lie that is not flowery and easily dismissed. There is truth, just like we we understand that Abraham's wife was beautiful. There is truth in some of it. He doesn't just present himself like horns, pitchfork. We would easily identify him. That's not how he enters the scene. He will appeal to our baser, our more intellectual, if you will, our more emotionally driven, um, our more um, adept, that you know, that street smart that we've developed, he will appeal to that. Well, this has never worked before for you. Why would it work for you now? Or in my case, Sarah, you're what? He's always reminding me how old I am. Like, every day, every day, every day. And I have yet to do one concert with all of these songs. Not one. Not one. And there's, what did I say, like five albums that I wrote in the um, pandemic period. Five, including the Christmas one, I think. That's why I'm patting myself on my back. That's like I'm missing a part, a full picture here. Now, I don't know exactly what it looks like. I just know that they probably shouldn't be sitting here in my MP3 player for no good reason. And so I have these promises that God has given me, and I have this counter, very intellectual, very adept, very attuned to reality. And yet, there lies. Why am I going into detail about this? There are things in your life, and I can think of this being highlighted when I'm trying to figure out who God is and what he has for me, like college years, high school years. These, you are going to have to make a choice in these years to believe what you see and what you have experienced thus far or to believe in God. <clears throat> Because if God has given you a set of promises, Satan is going to be really good about the lies. He's not going to give you, well, no, cotton candy tastes like poop. That's not what he's going to give you. It's not going to be obvious. They aren't going to be obvious lies. They are going to appeal to your intellect. They are going to appeal to your emotions. They're going to appeal to reality as you see it. Well, I really believe 
God has this for me. Maybe you have a gifting. Maybe you have something. Maybe it's um, music. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's it's something else. Maybe you're into athletics. Maybe you're into teaching or, or whatever. Whatever it is, business-minded. I really think God is has that for me, but I don't see it anywhere in my future. I do know, and if you're going to let that door open for Satan, he will walk in. I do know I'm adequate in this. I am inadequate in that. I am inadequate over here. My parents don't support it. My, I, that, my list was long. I don't I have a car. I mean, it could be so... Real. Real. He's not outright lying to you. She was beautiful. This was a fact. It's the sin of not trusting God and coming up with her own way To get through our anxiety instead of surrendering it to him. And continuing to believe what he has for us. So let's start here. It came about when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman was very beautiful. Facts, facts, facts. Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh. I mean, man. <laughs> she must have been beautiful. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. Therefore, he treated Abraham well for her sake. And gave, obviously somebody lied. Uh, I mean, I won't jump to conclusions. And gave him sheep and oxen and donkeys. And male and female servants. And female donkeys and camels. My goodness. Abraham was not kidding. This was real. What we are going to have to learn to do is make distinctions between what is an act of faithlessness and what is an act of faith. Faithlessness says, please, please lie to me because they're going to kill me. An act of faith says, well, we're going in because we don't have any food and the Lord protect us. There's an emptying of ourselves. It's not flippant. It's not stupid. It's not, well, okay. Faith is silly to those who are perishing. It's silly to say, I'm going to trust God. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to trust God. It's ludicrous To believe God when everything else tells you the opposite. When every drive, when every pull, when every, when every intellectual rabbit trail takes you well off the page of faith. That's how the world operates. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. And our steps of faith prove to him. He already sees. But it develops that, I should say, relationship. 
When we walk in faith, he returns blessing. When we depend on our own understanding, we might as well be lined up with the world and the world's direction. And I know you don't want to go the world's direction. We see what's going on there. The answer to it isn't do better than the world. That's the misnomer around here in Christendom. We decided that fleshly attributes can measure up to spiritual distinctions. And it's alive in the pit of hell that I can make a good life in my flesh. I can make a decent life according to the world. I can get a job, I can build a house, I can have my picket fence, but I cannot have the peace of God in my flesh. I cannot have the purpose of God on my life in my flesh. I don't care how you slice it, dice it, chew it up, there is no work done for the kingdom of God in the flesh. Seventeen, verse seventeen. So the Lord watches this all play out. Can you lie to me? I mean, not lie to me. Can you lie to them? I'm scared. I'll just sum that up. But the Lord struck Pharaoh and his house with great. And I don't know. I've lived long enough to know when. God says great, he ain't kidding around. So great plagues because of Sarah. Abram's wife. At the end of that, I like that. Verse 18, then Pharaoh called Abram. Now it's interesting, something that is, I mean, distinctly part of that culture. Um, we live in such a connected but a totally disconnected age where we don't put two and two together. I was talking about this last night with a, with a friend. We were talking about the Esther Project and what I wanted to do with the Esther Project. And, and um, uh, sort of this idea that um, if... When something happened back then, apparently, there was a spiritual um, understanding. Right now, we live in an ultra-postmodern age where we don't see anything spiritual at all. And yet, the Bible tells us that we battle not against flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers, rulers of darkness in high places. There's layers. And as you go through the book of Esther, there are layers of this evil all the way to pick up your whatever weapon and kill your neighbor. It went from Esther losing her parents. There's the first trauma in Esther. 
that she would not have been able to move forward had she she would not have been able to survive that whole raping and pillaging thing where she was kidnapped and then she was going to in essence be raped that's what was going on there she would not have been able to go to b having not first conquered a and that meant forgiving god if she was bitter but letting go of her plans to keep her parents her whole life. Somewhere, she settled into a trust in God. Otherwise, you don't get to be. Some of us, like Sarah, keep hitting the same walls because we God's still like, are you going to trust me with that? Are you going to trust me with that time that happened back in sixth grade, back in your junior year with that job that you had are you going to trust me with that you can't move on to be if you don't trust me with how that fell apart even though you don't see it how that marriage fell apart you can't see through the trees right now but if you if you were going to hold that against god You're not going to make it to, to be. You're not going to make it to the next th thing. I'm a little off on a rabbit trail. But here we have a people that were attuned to that which is spiritual. We live in an age where there is disconnect. And so when people say we are up against serious evil with what just happened, with this or that, People are like conspiracy theorists. This was the norm, my friends. That we would be aware that we are in a war. And so the Egyptians got it figured out. This guy, who obviously represented God, whether or not they they knew that, knew that God, um, he God had already put his hand on Abraham. Abraham comes in out of the blue wanting food. He's got a whole entourage. He doesn't do life like the Egyptians. And so the Egyptians are like, well, she's really hot. They take her and plagues fall. And they knew it had something to do with this new guy that came to town. Something was unleashed. Now we go, okay, well, he just got a cold. Fine, you know, moving on. Has nothing to do with the fact that we kidnapped his wife. We, we are so disconnected. We are so disconnected that we can't see that that little hiccup in our past matters. That little thing we refuse to surrender to God matters. That little area where we threw somebody in a ditch and through somebody in front of a bus matters. That little area in our life where we can't get it settled, where we're getting drunk, when nobody sees, matters. It matters. So the Egyptians got it figured out this matters. This isn't just some old, this isn't just another girl here. This matters. Then Pharaoh called Abraham and said, 
what is it you have done to me? Imagine being the reason. Plagues fall on the whole of Egypt. Rutrow. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.